Welcome everyone. Thank you for joining me today. My name is Michaela. This is the My Vinyasa Practice Podcast, Heartfelt Consciousness. Today we have MVP teacher, Christiana Castillo, who is in her ninth month of pregnancy, about to give birth to a beautiful baby girl. Tell us a little bit about how you're feeling today, Chris. Um, I'm feeling, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm feeling pretty grounded. Um, as I've moved into the last couple of weeks, um, around 37 weeks, my midwife started to say like, okay, baby can come anytime now. Uh, I, I braced myself. Most first time moms do um, take a little bit longer to deliver. A lot of times they say that they are late. Really? Um, yes. And even though I know the statistic, I'm still like, hoping that she gets here a little bit sooner. Um, I actually thought that at 37 weeks, I would try my best to evict her. Um, <laughs> but I, I have been practicing recently um, just letting her be where she's at. Okay, so I had this, this thought the other day that um, this might quite possibly be the most um, undisrupted time of her existence. Wow. This might be the most peaceful time for her in all of her existence. So how, you know, how am I going to rush her out of that if she is um, on paper, she's ready to come out, but I don't know what she's doing in there. Right. I don't know. I don't know what's left to be done. Um, so I've had to return to my, my original mantra, the one I used as we were trying to conceive. And when I found out that we were pregnant, um, that the baby is wise and she knows her time. And so I'm just doing my best to trust her timing and to she, she has this one project to manage. I have a lot of other things I'm managing. So maybe it's best to just defer to her, to her wisdom and her timing. So that long story short is how we're feeling and doing today. Honestly, I think that's pretty succinct, uh, considering you've been with her for nine months and her day is approaching, but I think that's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, Thank it, you. it does get, it does get a little more uncomfortable. Um, as you get closer to the end, every day is like quite literally a little bit heavier. Um, hey. she drops a little bit lower, getting out of bed is a little bit harder. Um, but it's okay. And also I realized that what is the rush? I'm going to rush to push her out. And then I'm going to rush through the phase of being exhausted with a newborn. And then I'm going to rush through the phase of chasing her around. And then she's going to be old and grown. And I'm going to wish that she was a newborn, you know, like what, what is, what is the rush? So trying to save her. That's the other, that's the other big part right now. 
I think that that's great. That's great. So that leads us a little bit into how your practice has kind of supported you and baby Cora through your pregnancy. Yeah. So, well, we could, we could break that up in a couple of ways. Um, my asana practice has definitely supported my physical body. Um, and I would say, uh, a sense of groundedness, um, but it is mostly the practice off the mat that has um, allowed me to find peace in this time of transition. Um, we can start. We can start with asana first, though. I feel like that. I think that's a great place to start because I've had the pleasure of being in class with you as you've progressed throughout your pregnancy, and it's been such a pleasure to see how you have adapted in all the ways, just with ease. What seems like ease to me, let me acknowledge the work that's (laughs) happening inside. It seems like ease to me, Grace, I should say. It is really wonderful to have the support of teachers such as yourself, um, the community like MVP where I go and I, it doesn't really matter whose class I take. I always feel like I can move with autonomy. Like I can do things a little bit differently than everyone else. Um, I think being in my home studio where I teach and have friendships and relationships with everyone makes it a a lot more welcoming as well. I hope that that's the, the situation for other people who come in to adapt their practice, whether they're pregnant or for any other reason. Um, but especially in this space, I feel, I feel really comfortable to, um, to listen to my body and to try out new modifications. Uh, sometimes I'll go in there. You've seen me, Michaela. I go in, I get two bolsters, four to six blocks of blanket. And I just like, I just make up my little quarters. Um, and sometimes I try crazy things with props that don't help. Um, I would say at this point in my pregnancy, I've been modifying with props for long enough that I can sort of just intuitively know like, okay, this is what I need right now. Um, the asana practice has, has helped me. I, I feel like I've been reading all of these, um, articles about like what happens to your balance when you're X amount of weeks, um, into your pregnancy. And to be honest, I, for, for instance, I take single-legged Tadasana, I place my foot on the top of the block now. I don't hover it in the air. That has more to do with like the pressure in the pelvis than it has to do with my actual balance. Um, and so I still feel like I haven't had an experience of falling or feeling out of balance in that way. Um, so, so that's, that's nice. I feel physically more stable than maybe expected. Um, I also feel like, uh, my journey back to my body postpartum is okay. Let me, let me rephrase this because I haven't gone away from my body. Right. In fact, mm-hmm. maybe I've gone deeper into my body. Um, but tapping back into the physical practice that I had prior to baby um, 
first of all, it might not be the same at all. Right. Right. It might, it might be different and that's okay. Um, but I think having this sort of foundation allows me to move with a little more confidence, um, back into a practice that, that supports my body and its transitions and, and changes. Um, I stayed practicing vinyasa. Let's see. So you, I, I love Ashtanga. That was my dedicated practice prior to becoming pregnant. Mm -hmm. I had this vision of doing second series all the way through my pregnancy. I practiced Ashtanga for maybe five weeks. Really? After finding out I was pregnant. So maybe until I was about eight weeks, still in my first trimester. Um, and then I just stopped. I was getting really dizzy. Uh, all of the vinyasas, chaturangas were, were just causing me to, to get a little bit nauseous. And I, I just decided, you know, that was my plan and we're going to pivot. Like that's not, it's not working. So I, I had to be really gentle with myself as I, as I gave it up because I was, I was very attached to this idea that I was going to be, um, somersaulting backwards with, with a belly still, I was going to be walking on my hands still with, with my little baby just hanging out there. Right. Um, I'm living for this. I, I yeah, but I, 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 I gave it up. I was like, okay, first things first, why? Why am I, why am I attached to this? What's my idea um, or sense of, of worth coming from about this? Um, so I gave that up. I started practicing vinyasa a little bit more. And, and I, I've tried, even now I'll still go, I'm, let's see, so I'm almost 40 weeks, I'm 40 weeks on Saturday. Uh, I still try to get to the studio once a week or so, um, which has sort of tapered off over the course of the last trimester. Um, but being with my breath is the biggest part. Um, I think that, I mean, that's the part that I've tried to lean into because I know it's what I'll, I'll want in labor and delivery. So now my asana practice has a lot less to do with, um, achieving any specific anything and a lot more to do with sharpening the, the tools and the resources I know that I'm going to, to want to tap into, um, for labor delivery and the rest. <laughs> Um, yes, asana practice, very different these days, still, um, still on my mind. And I'm really excited. I'm really, really excited to come back to it. Um, I'm not sure what it'll look like when I'm back on my mat. I'm, I've heard from other mothers that it's very, very difficult to get a full hour of uninterrupted practice in when you have a newborn or any age beyond that, a kid in general. Um, but yeah, we'll see. 
we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. Uh, it, it is an anchor for me, but, um, I've had to learn to sort of readjust it. So it's not the only anchor for my practice. Yeah. Um, I think that's a beautiful example of self-study there, dropping your Ashtanga practice, even though you might've been attached to one way or another. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that's a great example. And as well as like planning for relying on your breath, because that's not something I would have even considered. I mean, obviously, but that's very intuitive. Is there anything specifically with your breath? Are you doing any specific pranayama practices that you want to share? Yeah. So really I, I was practicing, um, Shatali, I was practicing, um, alternate nostril breathing, alternate nostril breathing got a little bit difficult, uh, around the second trimester. I, interesting. Um, yeah. So you, for some people, for me, it was really bad for some, some of us, our sinuses get really swollen in pregnancy because of all of the extra fluid. Yeah. And wow. so there were, there was like maybe two weeks there where I was sleeping, sitting upright because I couldn't breathe. My and friend. So I can't breathe out of two nostrils. I definitely can't breathe out of one. Um, and so I, I did, I did sort of, uh, let go of my alternate nostril breathing practice. Then I haven't really come back to it. Honestly, um, taking deep, long breaths, um, recognizing how to use my exhale as I'm moving through physical, I mean, getting out of bed, right? Like how can I use my exhales to get out of bed, to get off the couch, um, to move my body in these different ways for me that it's not a specific practice, right. But, um, just acknowledging the way it, it can power up. Like I use it to stand. Absolutely. Um, and just, just having the awareness, I think is, is what we're going for. So I, I did take a, um, a birthing class over, over the summer. We were, we were on vacation and I had a, a friend out, um, in Florida where we were visiting and she just had a couple, she had a couple of kids back to back and she was like, I really want to give you this gift to go and, and be with this doula that I, um, that I took a class with when I was pregnant. And the doula was telling us, um, you know, she doesn't offer specific breathing techniques because there's no need. Like, um, birthing is so primal that it's easy to like get the wires crossed. If you have too many ideas about what it's supposed to look like or sound like. Um, and so then you go into, into birthing and I'm sure other people have other opinions about this, but this one, this one did resonate with me. Um, you go in with all these ideas about like, like the, like whatever kind of breath you see in in movies or on TV. And, uh, and then you get there and you're, you're going through so much. You, they say that you feel, of course, this is my first time. I don't really know from experience, but they say that you feel a bit drunk, like you're, you're kind of out of it. Um, and so to try to be like, oh, 
what was that breathing technique again or something like that can can be a little counterintuitive um and she's like you know just use use your breath how it feels right to use um I think that having a yoga practice and and having the connection of of breath and body already will will really help too um yes so the breath is the breath is really important but um I think that for most of us who who have some foundation in in practice with our breath um it'll just be intuitive um I'm sure I I'll be reminded yes and I think that's great the the and what a beautiful way to to think about it of course it's primal because it's been done forever without the help of modern medicine for most of its practice, I guess. Yeah. Um, wow. I can't wait to hear about your experience afterwards. Um, I'm sure you're going to be hopefully going to be excited to tell it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see the way, um, the way it unfolds, of course, I have my, I have my birth plan and right. have a, a vision of how it might unfold. Um, I've also you, had to practice with that. I was going to ask, I, go ahead. I've also had to practice um, non-attachment to my birth plan. Um, I it's man so there there are like two schools of thought here one is that oh I don't even want to speak my fears out loud because I don't want them to come true the other school of thought is um I can empower my myself by exploring my fears and um envisioning so envisioning how it might go if it doesn't go the way that I plan yeah. Um, and so I've, I've chosen to go with the latter option. Okay. Um, I haven't spent a lot of time. I haven't spent too much time, um, envisioning a different way. Um, I haven't packed a hospital bag. Um, you know, I, I plan to have her, I plan to have her here. I've, uh, put down tarps and towels and puppy pads on the mattress in case anything happens here um, unexpectedly. But I have spent a little time uh, definitely talking with my midwife about, okay, what would this look like if, at what point would we transfer if that, mm. if that was needed? Um, what would it look like if we were to transfer? Mm -hmm. um, will you be there with me if we transfer? Um, and I told her, you know, and we've talked a little bit about ideally, ideally what I would want um, in the case of a transfer. So she, she has an idea. She'll be there to advocate for me. I have a, a doula as well. Another one of our teachers at MVP is, is a doula and she'll be with me. She knows my birth plan too. My husband knows the birth plan. Um, and so in an ideal situation, we don't even have to touch it. Yes. Everything happens at home and everything happens the way we, we've hoped for and planned for. Um, 
but there is, there is a plan B and I've had to say it out loud many times so that I can uh, be okay with it. That if my midwife says to me, Hey, Chris, we're, we need, we need to transfer. I will trust her. Um, if she says to me, even if she says to me, when we get there, Hey, Chris, we need to have a cesarean. I will trust her. Neither of those are my, are my ideals, but at the end of the day, I'll do whatever is, is best for the safety of me and the baby. And, um, and I've spent the last nine months cultivating a, a relationship and a trust with my, with my midwives. So that, um, that does make it a little bit easier to let go and, and be like, okay, everybody's on the same page. I, I have my plan A, I have my plan B and C if it's mm-hmm. needed. Um, so yeah, I, I do, I do trust my body and I trust my baby that they know how to work together to, to move us through this. Um, so, okay, this is, this is a bit of a tangent, but I take saw, all the tangents uh, you want. <laughs> I saw I saw this post the other day uh, on Instagram. You get pregnant, and it takes about twenty four hours for the entire algorithm to to know that you're pregnant. And now everything is about um, labor and delivery and pregnancy, and it's it's kind of great. And I also wonder what you know a non pregnant person's feed looks like. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, I, I get on, I get on Instagram and there's this, um, there's this post, the picture is of an umbilical cord that is triple knotted. Yes. And then the post says something along the lines of, um, this baby was so wise. This baby would not move down into the pelvis, would not, like, it wasn't going to come out that way. It didn't want to come out that way. The baby waited until the mom went to the hospital and had her cesarean. And it wasn't until after they removed the baby and looked at the umbilical cord that it was like very clear that this baby knew what it was doing. It was, it was like, no, that's not the right way for me to come out. Like that is not the safest way for me to come out. Yeah. Um, and man, our babies are really, really wise. Um, it was reflecting on this too, that they are arguably more closely connected to divine source than we are. Yes. That's they, beautiful. They haven't been interrupted or chipped away by, or, um, manipulated by societal anything projected onto anything so so what can I do but but trust her um that she knows her time and she knows the best way out despite my planning and despite my ideals yeah I love that that's great and I think that it's wonderful that you've built up a team of people to support you who know what you want, who can advocate for you in the case that you are pregnancy drunk, which I didn't realize was a thing, but it's all the hormones. That's so wild. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, how else are you supposed to survive 
such an arduous process. Why not help it out a little bit? Yeah. Give you a little ease. Yeah. If you can. Uh, my, my midwife said that when she finished having her first baby, she told her midwife, they should sell this stuff. Like <laughs> this is, this is wild. They should sell this stuff. How crazy. Oh, okay. How cool. What an experience is ahead of you. We'll see. We'll see. I, and I, at this point it could be any day. It could also be two more weeks from now. Right. So we're just, just waiting on our wise little one to, to make, to make the call. Yes. Trusting her, her divine intuition, your divine intuition, because of her leaning on your pranayama, mm-hmm. your non-attachment, practicing your non-attachment. I think it's beautiful. What other ways are you, are you utilizing any of your, your newfound tools to, to prep you? Um, well, there's this, uh, experience that whether you, whether you yourself have, uh, had, or maybe someone close to you has had, okay. um, it's called fluctuating hormones. <laughs> um, and as, uh, as, as grounded and anchored as I have tried to be throughout this whole process, there have absolutely been days when I am unhinged. I am like, okay, I'm about to lose my shit right now. Um, and I, I have had to be in, in observation of it um, so that I don't have to attach it to anything so that I don't have to pin it or, um, label it. I can just express, Hey, I am, I'm feeling hormonal right now. And I need a beat. Like I just, I need a second. Um, and this is, this has actually been like a a really big practice of like being gracious to myself and also, um, just communicating openly and honestly, um, about, about the experience that I'm having and, and being able to, um, recognize and acknowledge whatever needs I have come up, which is not a super strong practice of mine. I was actually just talking to my sister about it this morning. And, um, it's a lot easier for me to go to Miguel, for instance, and be like, Hey, how are you feeling? Do you need anything? Or even to come to you, you do it to me all the time too, Michaela, you come to me, you're always like, how are you? What do you need? And this is a question I don't often ask myself, but as we get, um, closer to this time of postpartum, I think, um, I've had to recognize like, oh, this is going to be challenging. Like I'm asking my body to do the most, the, the most I'm asking my body to do the period. most period. Um, and so to, to be able to, to connect and really be honest with myself about, okay, I need rest. I need a nap. I need a snack. I need a walk. I need a bath. Like, yes, it seems very, very basic. Um, but I think a lot of times we spend, we spend our days just like getting through our to-do list and doing what has to get done for generally for other people. 
Um, and I, I think slowing down and, and having to be like, okay, to do for me is to do for baby. And so recognizing like, even in postpartum, when she's no longer physically in my body to do for me is to do for baby. Um, and that, that does make it a little bit easier to prioritize myself. Um, so that, that sort of, I guess, I guess it's a bit of self-study too, right? Yeah. Uh, a little bit of, a little bit of study. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, um, the being present thing that we kind of already touched on the, the trying not to rush through any part of it. Um, I know the one part I did rush through this is like a little bit personal, but I don't mind sharing the part that the part that we rushed through was trying to conceive in the first place. Yeah. And I, I guess I, I put, I really pushed on the gas because I didn't think that it was possible and I didn't think that it was going to happen. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, okay, well, I just wanted to know, I just kept like shaking the eight ball, like waiting for the yes. Um, and finally he, I mean, we, we got pregnant pretty quickly. Um, and then it was like, oh my God, what, (laughs) what did we just do? Like, you know, we, we knew that we wanted this, but I thought it would be a year, a year and a half. I thought we had time. We were planning a trip to Europe. Oh, Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, it was, maybe it was a a coping mechanism, a way to sort of distract my mind. Um, but yeah, it it happened so quickly. And then I, and then I'm so grateful. I know that this was her right time. I know that this is, is the right time for us. Um, but I did have, it did sort of stop me in my tracks and I had to be like, wait, did I savor that enough? Did I savor the before time enough? And now like I've had to stop myself throughout my pregnancy. Like when I start to feel frustrated because maybe I'm uncomfortable for a few days in a row or something, I have to stop myself and be like, am I savoring? Am I savoring? Am I savoring? Because once she's here, there's no putting that thing back where it came from, (laughs) you know, once she's out, that's, that's it. So I try to like savor my my soaking in the bath. I try to savor my sitting and reading a book. Um, I try to savor being alone with my husband, <laughs> you know, when I can just like cuddle with him and there's mm-hmm. no crying baby and mm-hmm. there's no poop to be wiped up anywhere. And, uh, and we can just be together and, and talk. Um, and of course we'll be together and we'll talk after she's here too, but It'll but I different. also, yes, I, I anticipate, uh, I anticipate it all to be a little bit different. So definitely an element of, um, of mindfulness, yeah. of slowing down, of being present, um, that I hope to carry all the way into my transition with baby. I hope, man, they tell you how tired you are. They also tell you that you can't know how tired you're going to be until you are that tired. What a wonderful, encouraging 
thing to say to someone <laughs> who's pregnant. Uh, you'd be surprised. Um, man, they, they just can't help themselves. And especially when, especially when it's a friend who just had a baby or who just went through this experience, they, you, you kind of see that they don't want to say it. And they also just can't not because they are so tired. <laughs> Misery loves company. It's true. It is true. I, again, I'm hoping like statistically, I know that she is probably going to disrupt my sleep a whole lot. Um, there's also <laughs> this little, little flickering light that's like, but maybe, maybe it's, maybe it's fine. Maybe I still get enough rest. I don't know. You know what? You will. You'll survive. Yes. We all, we all do. We all make it out on the mm-hmm. other side. I think. Regardless of how crazy you might feel in the midst of it, mm-hmm. you'll make it out on the other side. It, it helps to be supported and, and held by um, community and yeah. friends and um, partner. It, yes. It makes it, it makes it a lot less scary. Um, to know that I'm not, I'm not fully alone. Michelle's like, you'll come over, you'll lay on this couch. I'll take that baby. You'll sleep. And I'm like, this is wonderful. Tara's like, I will push that baby in a stroller. You can go take your class. Um, you'll get an hour between the, between the three of us, you'll get an hour. I think, I think so. I think we can, we can do that. Or more. Oh man. It'll be, it'll be an interesting, um, adventure. We'll, we'll have to just see, we'll have to just see what happens. Yeah. How she, how she decides to, uh, make her way into this world. Yeah. Excited. How she sets the tone for her, for her ride. Yeah. She, babies are, I think, I think that they are a lot wiser than we give them credit for. Absolutely. Um, this idea that we are bringing them into the world and then teaching them things, I think is, <laughs> is um, a little bit backwards. Mm-hmm. They're coming in with this divine wisdom and understanding and, and they are teaching us. She is coming to show me some things that maybe I've forgotten. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my... My hope is that I can, I can raise her up in a, in a way that is not projecting, Yeah. Um, that I can hold a lot of space for her to, to express her divinity. Yes. Um, and, oh man, I, I have lots of, I have lots of hopes and I also know that, um, that I won't, that I won't always get it right. Mm -hmm. And it'll be okay. I'll, I'll apologize when I don't get it right. And I think that'll help a little bit. Oh, my friend, she's going to love you in a way that it won't even matter. Mm. Um, I think that's gorgeous. And it kind of reminds me of 
the relationship of like teaching our students. We're really just holding space for them to unfold in their own journey. Yes, yes, exactly. It is, uh, it's sharing, it's sharing the practice, sharing the yes. practice. Oh, you're welcoming her into the practice. Oh, that's going to make me emotional. <laughs> oh. I'm so glad. I'm so glad you, you said that though. I think that that's, that's right on. If we are, if we are showing up for our students the way, the way that we do and practice at my vinyasa practice specifically, it's uh, it's just to hold space, just to like be this container for, just like you said, for for them to unfold and and to let their practice be whatever it needs to be. Yes, yes, I. I read a book recently by a yogi where she was talking about how when we worry um, and try to exert a little bit of control over the people we care about through our worry, we actually step into a space of harm where we stop being in the place of trust that they can find their way mm -hmm. and that they know what's best. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I just thought that was such a beautiful way way to practice ahimsa nonviolence mm -hmm. is to step out of the space of worry and into the space of trust that they're going to find their way oh that's beautiful yeah we we think that worrying is a is a form of love sometimes i think we mistake right. we think like oh i'm i'm worried for them because i care about them because i love them but right. maybe because i don't trust them Right. Or I think I know better or yeah. Sometimes it can be worn like a badge of honor. Yeah. I love that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Michaela, I'm so, I'm so grateful for you. Um, I'm, the way that you hold space and, and, and for your friendship and for being my teacher too. Um, yeah. It's, it's really, it's really special to, uh, to be able to connect with you this way, like through the pregnancy and, and before and after and all the parts in between. Feeling is so, so, so mutual. So, so, so mutual. I'm so thankful for you for allowing us into your experience. Um, I, that's how we change the world is by sharing our story. So I appreciate your vulnerability. Um, do you have any last thoughts or feelings you want to share? Um, I think that the whole journey is a very individual thing and, and we can look to our friends and we can look to our mothers or whoever, whoever yeah. for advice and for, um, answers to, to questions we might have about Oh, what is labor going to look like or, or anything like that. But what I've learned so far and what I, I will try to carry with me into motherhood is um, that the real answer, the real truth, the one that we really need is, is within. Um, so tapping, tapping into that and uh, doing 
doing whatever I can to stay really focused and, and clear on, on that, um, I think is the, it's, it's the best practice for me. And it's what I might encourage other, other mamas to, to look into as well. I think that's a great way to harness your own power because you're right. What an individual experience you might have a team, but man, you're the only one you and baby are the only ones. Yeah. Yeah. That's so great. Well, thank you so much, Chris. I appreciate you. Uh, thank you everyone for listening. We appreciate you. Have a yes. great rest of your day. Thank you, Michaela. Thank you everyone for allowing me to, uh, to be here with you.